I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. I've kind of been running across the country. Um, what we're thinking of as as aliens, uh, they're they're extra dimensional beings. An earlier precursor of the space program made contact with. disasters that are coming they want the major population centers wiped out uh, they, they are not what they claim to be Series of the third kind. Welcome to Theories of the Third Kind. My name is Aaron, and I'm one of your hosts today. And the other host joining me is Daniel Sun. Yo, guys, what's up? Today's episode is the Area 51 caller. But before we get into it, of course, let me do a quick announcement. We don't run any ads or take any money from corporations. So if you would like to help us out, a written review on iTunes helps us out a lot. If you don't want to leave one, though, it's totally cool. We just want you guys, girls, aliens, reptilians, Bigfoot, Sasquatches, Chupacabras, ghosts, Illuminati members, whoever or whatever you are to enjoy the show. Also, if any of you would like to reach out to us, you can shoot us a message on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Or you can go to our website, theoriesofthethirdkind.com, and click the contact button, and there you will find our email addresses. Also, on our website, you can leave us a voicemail with your phone anonymously. So how today's episode will work is that we will go over what is the Area 51 caller, the call itself, what happens after the call, the theories about the call, and then, of course, we'll wrap it all up with the personal thoughts and theories about all of this. All right. So, Daniel, are you ready for today's episode? I am ready and I am intrigued. Okay, awesome. Uh, little side note, did you go Bigfoot hunting last week? Because it was rumors that I read online that you went Bigfoot hunting and that's where you were at. Man, you know, with all this stuff going down, I'm trying to get Bigfoot to make sure that he's ready to run for the presidential campaign. Oh, okay. You know, Bigfoot 2020, man. So, so you're like his campaign manager? I wouldn't say the campaign manager. I'm probably like, the guy below the campaign manager that's below that guy then you know probably below that guy all right well that's good to know let's hop into this area 51 caller so what exactly is the area 51 caller well it all starts with an individual named art bell now we've talked about art bell before we covered one of his calls um a couple weeks ago on the mel's hole episode but if you don't know who Art Bell is, then let me enlighten you real quick. He was a radio broadcaster in the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And he ran a show similar to ours, which was, you know, conspiracies and paranormal and all that stuff. And his show was called Coast to Coast AM. And it was 
very, very popular. So that's a little bit about who Art Bell is and Coast to Coast AM. He was the man. So, Dan, can you go into what happened with the Area 51 caller? Of course. So on September 11th, 1997, on the Coast to Coast AM radio show, Art Bell was taking live calls on air from random individuals. All the phone calls were fairly normal, just asking Art questions about UFOs and theorizing about certain stuff. But then everything changed. Art took a call from a man that said he had previously worked at Area 51. The man's voice was frantic. He was terrified for his life. The man made claims of having top secret information and describing extra dimensional beings and plots by the government that would drastically change our world. Yeah, it was a very scary phone call. I was able, of course, to find the phone call. So instead of us talking about it, I figured we could listen to the real thing. Now, this call is only a few minutes long, so keep that in mind. So it's, it's going to be pretty quick. So let's play that right now. Online, you're on the air. Hello. Hello, Art. Yes. Hi. Um, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of uh, time. Um, Area 51. Were you an employee or are you now? Uh, I, a former employee. Former um, employee. I, I, I was let go on a medical discharge about a week ago, and and <laughs> I, I've kind of been running a, across the country. Um, oh man, I don't know where to start. They're they're, uh, they're, they're gonna um, they'll triangulate on this position really really soon. So um, you can't spend a lot of time on the phone. So give us something quick. Okay. Um. Um. Okay, what well, what we're thinking of as as aliens are they're uh, they're, they're extra dimensional beings that an earlier precursor of the um, space program made contact with uh, they they are not what they claim to be uh, they have infiltrated a lot of uh, uh, a lot of aspects of of, of military establishment, particularly the Area 51, uh, the, the disasters that are coming, they, the, the military, I'm sorry, the, the government knows about them, and there's a lot of safe areas in this world that they could begin moving the population to now aren't but they're not doing they're not doing anything they are not they want the major population centers wiped out so that the, the few that are left will be more easily controllable All right, so that that's pretty weird, right? Yeah. Yeah, the guy, in my opinion, he sounds believable. I mean, what do you think about it, Daniel? Do you think he sounds believable? Like, does he sound like he's in a frantic mode? Like, his, you know, frantic call does sound believable. He's he's really into it. I take give him that. He's definitely into this. You know, he does seem like he's scared for his life. Yeah, it's, man, that's, uh, it's kind of a scary phone call, to be completely honest. Yeah, I mean, Art Bell kept his cool, though. You know, he just went along with it. Yep. So so what else? What happens next? This call on its surface could be blown off as your typical prank caller, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, but there is something that hasn't been mentioned yet. Now, what makes this call so unique and odd is that during that call, 
the satellite transmission carrying Coast to Coast AM, well, it was lost. It was 100% completely shut off with no explanation as to why it was. So Art was able to get his show back up and running in about 30 minutes. When Art came back on the air, he was absolutely baffled as what to happened. And of course, all the people listening live were like, what the hell is going on? Even Art Bell's technical engineer was clueless as to why the show went off the air. And he said he'd never seen anything like it in 30 years. So when we stopped that audio of that call, they went off air completely. They lost, the satellites went down, the whole show went off air abruptly and nobody knew why. So that's what makes this scary. And something also pretty weird worth noting here is that Art said that when the disconnection happened, that the caller had screamed in what Art perceived as a genuine like terror or of fright. Now, that scream was not broadcasted to the listeners since it apparently occurred after the disconnect from the satellite airing the show, but not before the line of the caller and Art was shut off. So Art was still on the phone with the caller, but the satellite was kicked off air so it wouldn't broadcast anymore. And then Art heard the caller scream and then the caller hung up or the phone hung up. Damn. Mm. <sighs> Do we have that scream? No, so that was never broadcasted, and he, he, he wasn't able to record that because the satellite and all of his recording stuff went off air. That's crazy. I wanted to hear that scream. Yeah. Because, I mean, with just that normal phone call, his acting on that phone call, I'm going to call it acting right now. Dude, that scream had to be very believable if Art Bell was, you know, believing it was genuine. Most definitely. Anyways, so what happens after the call, Dan? You know, on April 28th, 1998, seven months after this Area 51 call, Art Bell received another call by a man named Brian. Brian claimed to be the Area 51 caller and that the initial call was a hoax. So we have that call and we will take a quick listen to that right now. East of the Rockies, you're on the air. Hi, Art. Uh, this is Brian. Hi, Brian. Hello. You didn't disconnect me before, did you? So that occurs, obviously, sometimes I go to a line and... It's uh, dead and nobody's there, and that's what's happened. You know, we just were right. on the cusp there. Anyway, I'm glad uh, you made it back through. Yeah, you got all my paranoia buttons uh, running. I always get very nervous when, when I call you. Uh, I'm Brian. I hung up on you last week. Oh, I see. And uh, I just figured, damn the torpedoes. Uh, I'll just do this and let the chips fall where they will. All right. Um, everybody, I am the Area 51 caller. Um... That's that's my statement, and let you or whatever tear it apart. <laughs> you you claim you're the Area 51. I I am the man. How do you account for the fact, Area 51 caller? Okay. That part of the way through your spiel, the satellite went down. I have no idea, and it scared the heebie-jeebies out of me that night. <laughs> uh, I've called a number of times on your specialty line nights, doing different. And all kind of wacky characters and that's all that one was supposed to be and uh if the call had been completed it would have been ancient history by now has it, has it occurred to you as uh barbara marks hubbard suggested tonight that perhaps if you're really what you say you are you created the reality of the rest of the situation and took down my satellite that scares the heebie-jeebies out of me because it means that what I was saying was somehow correct and it was 
fabrication kind of creating um, creating a reality yeah if if that was the case i humbly apologize to you because i love your show and the last thing i would ever want to do is not be off the air, air. So what 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 can I do to prove my claim here? Well, I guess you could you could uh, you could give us a little of what you gave us then, so that we could hear it and know it to be you. Are you sure you want me to do that, Art? I'm positive. Um, don't, Art, Art, please. Don't. I I don't want you to ask me to do this. Um. If, if if I start doing that, that, that guy, I, I mean, they sound similar, right? Sorta. I mean, kinda. I think when he called up the second time and did it, you know, he was gonna do it as an acting, so he just sucked at it. Mm, I don't know. I just didn't get the same feel from it as the first call. Yeah. But, you know, on the surface level, it sounds pretty convincing when I was researching this topic. I saw a lot, and I mean a lot of individuals discrediting the first phone call by using this second call as proof. Yeah, I seen the same exact thing. A lot of these individuals were saying, hey, this phone call, this Area 51 frantic caller is completely fake. And they cite this second caller calling in as the proof. It didn't sit right with me. So I decided to go on a journey to find the truth, Daniel. And I was able to actually find some evidence that may point in a solid direction. But we're going to save that for later. Anyways, there's still to this day a lot of debate about these calls. Were both calls the same person? Was the first call a hoax? Was the second caller actually a government person trying to cover the first caller's tracks? Needless to say, there's a lot of theories behind both of these phone calls. But before we discuss those, let's talk about some strange facts and findings. So, Dan, can you cover the first part of this strange fact and findings? Of course. So before the Area 51 caller that night, there was another caller worth noting here. It was actually the first caller that night. It was a man who simply called himself Steve. Steve claimed he was a current Area 51 employee who was higher on the food chain than the infamous Men in Black. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Daniel. He said he was ordered to call in and discuss certain key events that were logged within a book that were related to Area 51. It gave times and dates of past events, as well as generalized inconclusive information to future events in this timeline. Steve also gave information about the Illuminati, an alien base on the moon, first contact, and the origin of extraterrestrial species which from Steve's explanation that they were in fact humans from a parallel dimension. Interesting. You know, go into the Men in Black topic real quick. You've seen the Men in Black movies, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I've seen the first two. All right, yeah, the first one, you know, where Jay, you know, they had to burn his fingerprints off pretty much. So he had no like identity no more. Uh, I, I don't, I don't actually recall that certain part of the movie. Oh, he, he pretty much put his hands on like this round globe thingy. And he's just like, what does this do? They're like, oh, we're going to get rid of your fingerprints. And literally, they just burned them off. Hmm. Well, you know, I just got a new grill, had it run, going and all that. And the temperature thing was kind of like, you know, not centered right. And I didn't think about it. And I grabbed it with my thumb and index finger to try to turn it. And I should have realized that the temperature thing already said like 550. So I should have realized how hot it was. Oh, so you're halfway to becoming a men in black agent. 
yeah do you think they'll like you know help me finish off the rest of my fucking fingers and i can join them <laughs> i mean we could do it right here come on over let me let me singe off the rest of your fingers my index finger and thumb when i rub them together it is so smooth right now mm, nice anyways you know so this steve guy ended up becoming a semi-frequent caller during the next year or so on coast to coast am at one point art did ask steve what he thought happened to the area 51 caller Steve said that distraught Area 51 caller probably had been captured by authorities, but was not killed, as many listeners assumed, but rather was taken and reprogrammed or brainwashed to call in once more and proclaim the entire event to be a hoax. Which, of course, several weeks later, a man claiming to be the Area 51 caller called into Art Bell's show to state that the call had been a hoax, just as Steve had predicted would happen. Mm. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a little weird, but I mean, it could have been predicted. I mean, that's a pretty easy yeah. prediction if you're talking about predictions. It's not very specific, but mm, anyways, so that, that was that was a little strange. So what's yeah. the next what's the next strange thing? All right. There is a very popular alternative metal band called Tool. Ooh, I love them. I've honestly never heard their music. What? Hold on. You've never heard of Tool before? You've never heard their music? Honestly, I can't recall the name Tool, but. I may have heard the band then. Oh my God. After this, after we get done recording, I'm going to send you links of about 10 songs you can start off listening to. I love their music. Listen to them then. But in 2001, they released the album Lateralis. On that album, there is a song called Faib D. Oyad. The song is the actual recording of the Area 51 caller with music overlaid behind it. I also I searched and searched to try and find the translation of, you know, the Faib D. Oyad. I finally found that in Enochian language, it translates to voice of God. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with that. Fahid e da Oyed. Anyways. All right. So now that we've covered those strange facts, let's let's get into the good stuff, Daniel. Let's all get right. into the theories. So this first theory is called actual warnings of disasters to come. So let's theorize. So the call was made on September 11th, 1997, right? The initial Area 51 frantic caller. And the caller talked about the disasters that are coming and that there's safe areas to relocate people. Hmm. That sounds like a prevention for something related with war or terrorism, perhaps. So this theory is that what if the caller was genuine? that he was actually trying to warn us about events of 9-11 and the upcoming slaughter of humans in the Middle East that has been happening from that very point and continuing to happen even to this day. I mean, it, it's a good theory. The dates line up. I mean, exactly two years before 9-11 Twin Towers attack happened. But it, it poses the question, if this theory was true, why? Why would these interdimensional beings, as he states in the call, want some type of 9-11 event? Well, it, it rolls us into our next theory. So do you want to cover us on the next theory? Because, I mean, this is a possibility of why they would want it. Population control. I'm pretty sure we heard a lot about that so far, you know, lately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This theory is called population control. So what if the call was actually real? that the entire world is controlled by aliens or extra-dimensional beings that were primarily staying near Area 51 or had been conjured up in Area 51, that the whole goal of these beings is population control, that the human race needs to stay below a certain limit of humans or everyone will start to starve off, 
So these beings enforce wars like 9-11, viruses like COVID-19 to help kill off parts of the population so that the other parts thrive. What you think about that one? I, you know what? I like that one. I like it because it kind of plays them as the good and the bad guy. They're kind of like Thanos in this, right? They're making sure that the human race stays below that population limit so everybody doesn't die of starvation. And how they keep them below it is the viruses and the wars. Hmm. Do you know what that makes me think of? And this is going to go a little off topic here. Well, not really off topic, but it's something worth mentioning when we're talking about population control. And that's the Georgia Guidestones. Are you familiar with those? I am not. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll give you a quick rundown of what they are. So the Georgia Guidestones are like these uh, granite monument stones that were erected in the, in the 1980s in Georgia, of course. The structure, uh, it was commissioned by uh, a small group of loyal Americans. Literally, that's what it says when it, who it was commissioned by, a small group of loyal Americans. Um, and on the stones is a set of uh, 10 guidelines inscribed into them, and they're inscribed in eight modern languages. The, uh, the guidelines are um, maintain humanity under 500 million in balance with nature, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity, unite humanity with a living new language, rule passion faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court, avoid petty laws and useless officials, balance personal rights with social duties, prize truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Hmm. I mean, those are some some weird guidelines, especially the first one. They basically want to keep humanity under 500 million, and it keeps a balance with nature. How do they know that that's the balance? Like 500 million, that, that's the balance that you know works with nature. I don't know. I don't even know who these small group of loyal Americans are. They're probably the Illuminati. Probably those guys. They're really big on erecting monuments and stuff like that. I'll give them something to erect. Oh, all right. Sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent there with population control. But still, it was something worth, I thought, you know, noting while we were talking about the population control theory. It's a good one. Yeah. So I guess we can move on to the next theory. You ready for it? Yes. It was all a publicity stunt. Okay. So... This theory is that, of course, it was all a publicity stunt and the proof to back it up. So immediately after this happened, Art Bell's program, which, of course, was Coast to Coast AM, it gained quite a bit of attention in the mainstream media. This had some people thinking that all of it was just a publicity stunt. The evidence that they point to is that the evening this call had happened, there was a writer for Penthouse Magazine in Art Bell's home studio who was actually interviewing him for a column in the paper. I mean, interviewing him, and then he takes this Area 51 caller, and then all of a sudden the satellites magically go out? Eh. I mean, I glanced over your theory, Dan, and I think your theory kind of touches this, so do you want to hold off on your opinion until we get to personal thoughts and theories? Yes. Okay, all right, we'll, we'll hold off. And I'll hold off my opinion, too, 
until the personal thoughts and theories for the, that discussion. So do you want to go on to the next one? Yeah. So the next one, it was all a hoax. First thing we automatically think about when we talk about it being a hoax, of course, is the guy Brian who called Art Bell seven months after the Area 51 caller first called. And he claimed that it was all made up. Remember we talked about that one and listened to the audio? So this guy's full name ended up being Brian J.L. Glass. He is a comic book writer and won multiple awards for his works. Even today, he is still going on with the story that he was the original Area 51 caller. He is doing podcasts, shows, and other gigs where he explains his story of being the original Area 51 caller. But he has no proof or way of proving that he was the original caller or explanation for the loss of satellite transmission during the original call. Yeah, so I sent out an email to him, tried to get a hold of him to see if he wanted to come on the show. Of course, our credibility still isn't there, Dan, but one day we'll get there to people will respond to our emails. Once Bigfoot gets into the White House, they're going to recognize the show. It's going to be mandatory law that you must listen to us. Anyways, so of course he didn't email back and I, I, did, well, I wasn't expecting him to. But I, I spoke earlier about going on a journey to find evidence that points into a solid certain direction, right? And that was part of the trying to find the evidence. I was trying to get him on the show, but I couldn't. But I did go an alternate route, and I, I think I happened to find it. I happened to find that evidence. So I just happened to come across an expert in the field of voice identification, Daniel. Ooh. This expert was gracious enough to take both calls, the original and the call seven months later, you know, the one that he was claiming that it was a hoax. Yeah. And this expert ran both of them through his vocal imprint program. And this is what the expert had to say about both calls. So do you want to cover that part, Dan? Yeah. Do I, should I do an accent? Do you know what this guy's accent was? <laughs> no, just, I guess just your regular voice. <laughs> I'm a part-time independent record producer. I went to the studio and ran both recordings through the recording gear. The second call passed with flying colors in every category except for one. Vocal imprint. Vocal imprint is exactly what it sounds like. A readable print of a person's voice just like a fingerprint, no two are alike. The police and the FBI use commonly vocal imprints as a means to identify a speaker in audio recordings. I'm no conspiracy theorist and have no reason to lie, but after analyzing and viewing the vocal imprint of both of these callers, I have reached 100% certainty that these two voices are not coming from the same set of vocal cords. What do you think of that? I, that's exactly what I thought. They just didn't sound like, you know, they didn't just... They just didn't sound the same to me. No, they, they did. I mean, they, they sound similar, sort of similar, but something was off that I couldn't put my finger on. And that's what it was, the vocal imprint. Keep that in mind when we go to personal thoughts and theories. So do you want to cover this uh, last theory? Yeah. So the last theory is the satellite knocked off. So as for an explanation to why the satellite got knocked off air, I did come across an account that claimed the satellite being knocked off air was because of an event that the satellite's Earth's sensor lost lock, and the satellite rolled into an altitude where it no longer pointed at the uplinks, causing 50 channels to go off air for about 30 minutes. I looked at this happening to other stations on this day, and I, I just couldn't find any. I, I did the same thing. I came across the same theory, and I looked, and I couldn't find any other reports of other satellites that day or other channels going off air at the same time. Anyways, I guess this moves us on to personal thoughts in theories so uh, I, i'm really interested in yours dan 
Mine's nothing special, but I do. I definitely believe it was just a publicity stunt. You know, it got people interested and, you know, again, like, you know, Steve, he became like a regular in calling in. You know, we like hearing from our listeners, you know, bring some excitement to the show and get people to interact more. You know, it's it's entertainment. That's what podcasts are for. You know, it's entertainment and entertainment and knowledge. That's what we hope mm-hmm. to bring to our listeners. The Art Bell Show, you know, it's entertainment and knowledge. You know, it gets you thinking and everything. You know, it's just it just worked out all too well. Do you think the caller notified Art and Art was in on it as well? Or do you think Art cut the program and was like, oh, here's a good chance. I recognize this as, as a hoax, but I'm going to cut the program to get publicity. Or do you think he was already in on it from the get go? I think he was already in on it from the get go because you have a frantic caller like that. I feel like his reaction should have been different. Like he should have been, you know, more excited, I guess. We'd like, I mean, like, come on now, hurry up. Give us like, give us the info then or something like that. But he's just like, well, all right. I mean, like, come on, like, give us the information quickly, you know, before they get you. It's whether he didn't believe it or he already knew about it. I think he already knew about it. And what's easier than like stopping your program and pretending like, you know, satellite went out of orbit or some shit like that. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's a tough one. It is, but you know. I don't know, man. Bigfoot 2020, though. He's real. He's ready to take charge and lead us into the unknown like himself. <laughs> that's a good. Did you create that campaign slogan yourself? I did. That's a good. That's a good campaign slogan. He's ready to take charge and lead us into the unknown like himself. We're going to make a T-shirt for that. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let me hear your theory. OK, so I, I do believe the caller believed in what he was saying. Now, whether he was delusional or paranoid or psychotic or telling the truth we don't know you know he he could have been all of those but then again what if he wasn't so if i had to take a guess and i had to point in a certain direction i don't believe the call was a hoax i i genuinely believe the person he, he was either mentally unstable or he was really saying some real shit because that that type of acting is is not that was 100 percent fright and terror and something not right in his voice. The second call, we already proved that that was a hoax. So we can put Brian to the side burner just by hearing the first call. I'm thinking it's real. And I'm thinking what happened with the satellite thing. Th- this is what I think previously before this caller on Coast to Coast AM. Art Bell, of course, was dipping his toes into the unknown. He was dipping his toes into places where it should not have been. I think maybe, and this is just me theorizing here, what if Art Bell had been previously visited by certain government officials saying, these are the topics you need to steer clear of? So Art Bell's like, okay, I'll still talk about some other things, but I'll tiptoe around certain topics. He gets an Area 51 caller, this frantic caller. Art Bell is trying to judge him out, trying to get a feel of him. He starts using terms like triangulate the position. He starts mentioning the military and Area 51. I think Art Bell recognizes, holy shit, because you got to think, Art Bell took thousands and thousands of phone calls. So he is very good at pinpointing bullshit. And I think he was like, this is legit. Oh, my God. And pulled some cords and cut it offline, not to get him more attention in the media for this, but for his own safety and his family's safety. That could be possible. 
And that's what I kind of lean towards. I can see that be- that theory actually working because uh, I believe in his first call, he said that he was let go for medical reasons. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he could have had some kind of a psychotic episode or, you know, mental breakdown, we could say. Yeah. And, and Art Bell recognized that, you know, maybe he is mental, but if something he's telling the truth about something or he truly believes something. And I have to protect my family, and I've already been visited once. I can't let it happen again, and then pulls the plug. See, the only only thing that I have a problem with, though, he got let go because of medical problems, and the fact that they just released him. Because, I mean, Area 51 is supposed to be a military, military base type thing. Yeah, top secret military base. Yeah, I don't think they would just release someone just like that. That is a good point. I mean... To get clearances at that level, you have to go through, of course, the MMPI, right? Oh, God, those things. But, I mean, hey, he could have passed it with flying colors and then got into Area 51. And after months and months being subjected to things he never thought existed, he had a mental crack and then was told to go home. And at home, he sat there and thought about it and thought about it. And it just exploded. And you know how some mental disorders develop over time as the more you age. Maybe that was the case, too, and it was this perfect storm in him. I, I don't know. You know what you're saying? I believe, you know, a lot of people can pass the MMPI at one point and then, you know, not even like, you know, a month or so later after doing certain jobs and all that fucking breakdown, jobs too much for him. And I'm pretty sure working at Area 51 could definitely be a job that could, you know, just beat you down or probe you. You never know. <laughs> probe. Well, that is the possibility of being probed. I mean, aliens, you never know. And I mean, he could have been a test subject there for all we know. Alien testing, see what happens. And then when they released him, first thing they did was try to spill the beans. Yeah. I forgot about this thing that I thought about the other day when we were researching this. What if they aren't aliens? What if there's some type of intra- extra? I mean, we've talked about this before. These dimensional beings, like what if that's what Bigfoot is? Some dimensional being sort of like how stranger things is you know the montauk chair bringing them in yeah and uh they're these what we call demons but they're actually beings from somewhere other dimension that come through and they try to conquer other worlds and uh area 51 just happened to be a place where they were conjured up right that's just theorized they had a stargate there uh the military brought them in and uh, these beings took over the military and um, this guy seen the plans and everything about what was going to happen in the future and took a mental break from it. I don't know. That's just another, another little theory, you know. Yeah. So whether or not this call was real, I mean, we can't really say. We'll, we'll probably never know the truth. But what we can say is that the urgency and seriousness in the first caller's voice, as well as the satellite going out, it all certainly made for a compelling broadcast and show for Art Bell. Got to give him props and all of I that. I definitely give him props on that. He was the man. He was. So uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us for today's episode. And I'm glad Daniel's back. Yes, sir. We are saving voicemails, reviews, ratings, shout outs for episode 50, which is next week. And uh, we have a big announcement, but I guess we go ahead and say it now. I mean, yeah. The end of season one is next week. 
Yes, we will have more things to come and announcements in the future regarding season two. And I can tell you this, though, season two will not nearly be as long as season one was. Season one was a more of a feel out, right? Yeah. How we can better the show and the audio and all that stuff. But I think we got things figured out and we'll keep improving. Uh, we'll make a lot more announcements regarding season two. But next week is the end of season one. We'll have all of our voicemails, reviews, ratings, shout outs. And I hope you join us for that. And uh, I want to thank everybody again. And I love you all. And Daniel, you got anything you want to say? Yeah, I mean, this is just for my enjoyment. I want to see like some drawings of Bigfoot that y'all have. <laughs> for Bigfoot Ooh. 2020. It's like some campaign ads. Some funny ones, man. Ooh, campaign ads. Yeah, okay. If you draw something good, we'll have a surprise for you. So oh. there you go. Anyways, uh, with all this being said, I love all you guys. Thank you again for joining us. If you want to get in contact with us, all of our social medias, you can shoot us a direct message. With all that being said, Daniel, you want to roll us out? Sure will. All right, guys, it's okay to be out of this world with your thoughts. Because you are not alone. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember... I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.